Hey, Reach Paramount, welcome to our podcast. We really hope this message encourages and challenges you as you walk with the Lord every day. Enjoy this message. Acts 1, 4 through 8. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts, the book of Acts, chapter 1. If you're taking notes, um, make sure you write these things down. If you're not taking notes, it's time to grow up spiritually. Uh, <laughs> it says, and while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem. But to wait for the promise of the Father, which he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it's not for you to know these times or seasons that the Father is fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. So he's like, he, they're like, hey, what's going to happen, God? What, Jesus, what's going to happen with the government? What's going to happen with all these things that are going around us? He's like, listen, don't worry about it. Stop being distracted by all the things of the world. Stop being distracted by where you think the world is headed. Stop being distracted by all this stuff because you've got a job to do. Who, let God deal with what God's going to deal with. What you've got to do is be a witness. Sometimes we get so caught up in the things that are happening in, a, in such a negative way where it's like, man, we're so distracted by the things of the world that we forget we're actually here on a mission. Because when God touches people, he doesn't just touch them for a memory. If you're coming to church, you're like, oh, I can't wait to get to reach Paramount and hear Pastor Omar sing, I get goosebumps. I get goosebumps, Lord. <laughs> Father, give me the goosebumps again, God. I need a breakthrough, Lord. I haven't had goosebumps in a week. God, I need to get to reach Paramount. If, if you're coming to church for the emotional movement and the goosebumps of worship, and uh, uh, you, you're, you're missing the, the reason that God touches you. Because when God touches people, he touches them with purpose. He's, he, he's I'm going to touch them so that they can do what I need them to do. When, when we're talking about the book of Acts, when the Holy Spirit is coming down, he says, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You're going to have an encounter with, with something very special is what he's telling them. Something that nobody's ever experienced in the entire world, in history. It's, it's brand new to all of us. And, and you're, it's God himself. He's going to come down and he's going to touch you. You're going to encounter God. And when you encounter God, he's going to give you power. Yes, power. <laughs> I just want power. I just want people to know who I am. I just, I need to make an Instagram and a YouTube because people need to know me. People got to know who I am and know my gift. Pastor keeps missing my gift. I need to go somewhere else. Please. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> I'll say all the things Pastor Omar can't say on the Sunday morning. I got, I got you, Pastor Omar. Please go. This is God. Leave. He uh, says that you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna receive power, but, but it's not power just so that you can be known. It's not power just so that you can do some cool stuff. It's not power just so you can get buckets and have people throw up in them. It's power to be a witness. I'm going to touch you so that you can go do something. So that you can be somebody who, who, who shares my gospel. My fear is that we encounter God so much we become overweight Christians. We, we're like little mosquitoes in the church. All we do is take. 
We just suck the blood out of all the leaders and all the pastors, and then we don't do anything with what we got. God is not calling you just to get spiritually fat. Are you fat shaming me? <laughs> yes. Lose some of that spiritual weight and go do something with what God has already given you. My fear is that we just, we become like just consumers. Like, God, I need to cry again. I need to cry again. I need, I need to, well, 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 what are you doing with it? Don't just let God touch you and never engage with the lost. The power that you receive, the giftings that you have, yes, it's for the church. Because the church has two purposes. You ready? You ready? You're not ready. Let's go, babe. Let's go back to Texas. The church has two purposes. One is to equip the saints to be a spotless bride on the Lord, for the Lord's return. That's the purpose of the church. It's one purpose. That means, that means there's a reason why you have spiritual authority. Oh, yeah. There we go. There's a reason you have spiritual authority. No, no, no. no. Hold on. Let me say it again. Not that you carry spiritual authority. But there's a reason you're under spiritual authority. Let's read Ephesians, okay? I wasn't going to do this whole scripture, but I got time today. Ephesians chapter 4, uh, we'll start with verse 7. Such an interesting portion of scripture because oftentimes when I talk about authority in the church, people are like, no, 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 I don't know. God's my pastor. I'm here to bless the church. <laughs> Like, God called me here to bless the church. I don't really need leaders. The church needs my gift. I don't need the leadership. You've, you either got a spirit of division or a spirit of stupidity, both which need repentance. <laughs> church authority is absolutely necessary. And it's biblical. I had somebody comment on one of my videos. I did a video on spiritual authority. And he's like, he's like Jesus visited my room and he's my pastor. And I was like, I didn't respond because you don't argue with foolishness. But I'm thinking, did he happen to give you a Bible? And maybe, maybe open it and read it because it talks about spiritual authority in the, ver in the, in the scripture. So here's this, Ephesians chapter 4, it says, But to each one of you grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, he says, when he ascended on high, he led capti captivity captive and gave gifts to men. Now this, he ascended, what does it mean but that he also first descended into the lower parts of the earth? He who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. So it's saying here that Jesus, basically Jesus fulfilled everything. He, 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 he went to the cross, he died, and he rose again, he ascended into heaven. Jesus fulfilled all things. That means that Jesus carries all authority. We believe that, right? You believe that Jesus carries all authority? Right? Okay, so then, this, then it says this. And he himself gave to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints. So Jesus, in his full authority, saw fit that the church needed teachers, apostles, pastors, evangelists, and one more in the book that I forgot. So what am I telling you? I'm telling you that sometimes we say, well, well, I don't need this, the authority of the church. But Jesus, when he accomplished it all, when he did the work that he was called to do, one of the last things he did was he gifted the church with men and women to lead. So the church has two purposes. One purpose is to equip the saints. That's why you're here today. 
so that you could be equipped. Does that make sense? You following me? Okay. Secondly, he, he, the church's purpose is to save the lost. To save the lost. In Mark 16, 15, it says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Matthew chapter 5 says that you're the light of the world. You are the light of the world. The life that you live matters. People need to see Jesus inside of your life. And I think sometimes we are so inward focused that we forget our outward mission. We are so concerned with with what goes on in the church, what goes on in our daily life, what goes on with our finances and all these other things that, that, that we forget that we're actually on mission. It, 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 this is, it, it requires that you, you focus on what God has called you to do. It's, it's not, it's, you don't have to you know, go to seminary and, and, and be in ministry for six years to evangelize. You're, you're on mission. Sometimes we are, we are so caught up. And this is why the devil likes you being so, so, so bound by sin. Because he knows the longer he can keep you bound, the less work you'll accomplish on the earth. So he, want, he, want, he likes when you mess around with pornography. He likes when you mess around with women and men. He likes when you do those things. Why? Because, because you're, you're ultimately distracted from the mission at hand. So it's, he, he doesn't mind that. He, you, know, you know what I really think the devil enjoys? I think the devil enjoys how many times Christians argue with each other. We got too many Christians trying to win arguments inside the house. They forget there's a lost and dying world outside. I need you to know I'm right. Why? It's just Pride. It's pride. It's arrogance. It's, it's us just wanting to be known, wanting to be right. Guys, we've, we've got to stop this nonsense. We've got to stop this nonsense. And I think sometimes, too, it's, it's not just doctrinal issues, but it's personal issues. Like, well, I don't like him because he looked at me a certain way. And I don't like her because she wore the, the same shoes I told her I was going to buy. I don't know if people really argue about that stuff. But anyway, and we argue amongst each other. We have division amongst each other. And, and we, just want, we just want them to apologize to us because they really hurt us. And, but little do you know that they're on the other side saying, I wish they would just apologize to me. And all the, all the while, the devil's just laughing at us. Ha, let them fight. Let them fight. We just, we, 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 have to, we have to realize that there is a mission at hand. There's a purpose to your life. It's not, it's not just to come to church and be a church goer. It's to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. That once people that were hopeless have now found hope. That, that, that you can tell the lost, hey, you don't have to be bound in that. You don't have to be addicted to those drugs. You don't have to be addicted to that alcohol. Your marriage can be restored. Your children can be restored. Your family can be changed. Your, your sins can be forgiven. You're, you don't have to pay the price for the penalty of your sin because there's a God in heaven who loves you, who cares about you, who wants you to be saved. This is the mission that we have to preach the good news. That salvation is possible. So to do this, we have, there's three things that I wrote down that we need to do. And you can write these down as we go through them. Number one, you have to see the problem. 
is it too much to ask for a water bottle? I feel like a diva. Uh, I need a water bottle. <laughs> and it better be room temperature or I'm leaving. <laughs> I just feel like I'm going camping with this thing. I don't know. I'm like on a camping, <laughs> camping trip. Where's the tent? First, we have to see the problem. We cannot make a difference as long as we ignore the issues. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 1 through 11, it says, For we know that if the tent that is our earthly home is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens, for in this tent we groan. Oh, thank you. Oh, man, this guy really likes me. He brought me the Fiji water. They gave me a little... Little little half of a half of a half water. This is the real stuff right here. <laughs> I'm just messing around. Don't take it personal. I'm just kidding. I love you, John. Thank you. <laughs> but, man, you guys are distracting me. Stop it. Oh, please, please. <laughs> For in this tent we groan longing to put on our heavenly dwelling. If indeed by putting it on we may, we may not be found naked. For while we are still in this tent, we groan being burdened. Not that we would be unclothed, but that we would be further clothed so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. He who has prepared for us this very thing is God, who has given us his spirit as a guarantee. So we are always of good courage. We know that while we're at home in the body, we're away from the Lord, for we walk by faith and not by sight. Yes, we are of good courage. And we'd rather be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So whether we're at home or away, we make it our aim to please him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each one may receive what is due for for what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. So what is he saying? Stop right there. Don't jump to the next verse. Everybody look at me. Don't read the verse. Please. Turn it off. Oh, you're fired. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I I know you're volunteering. You're doing a great job. Thank you. So... So, so what is he saying here? He's saying, listen, he's like, he's like we've, we're, we're good. We're covered. We know that God has prepared a house for us. We know that we have a seal of his Holy Spirit upon our life. We're good to go. We, in fact, he's saying, in fact, we'd rather be with him than here. Because there's such a good thing that he's got for us on the other side of all of this. So he's saying, we're good. We know, and then he goes on, he says, we know that everybody's going to have to stand before God. We're of good courage. We're we're good because we know we're sealed. And then he says this in in the last verse that I was trying to get you to not read. Verse 11. says, Therefore, knowing the fear of the Lord, we persuade others. He's like, we've got all this. We're set because we're saved. We're redeemed. We're sealed by the Holy Spirit. God has made a building for us. We know that when we die, we're going somewhere better. So we'd rather be there, but we got work to do. And what is that work to do? The work that we have to do because we understand the fear of the Lord. We understand that you are going to have somebody, all the earth is going to stand before a holy God. And they're not good like we are. They're not set like us. So what do we need to do? Our job is to persuade them. Because we know the fear of the Lord. We've got to tell them. Guys, I don't know if you know this or not, or maybe you've forgotten it, or maybe you've just, just kind of let it be a side idea in your, in your life, but, but whether you're a believer, you're backslidden, you're away from God, you don't know Jesus, no matter where you're at, we have to understand this truth, that, that, that sin must be paid for. 
Sin must be paid for. Somebody's got to pay for it. It is a penalty against God. It's offensive to God. The creator of all the earth, all mankind. Sin is, is disgusting to him. And we, as human beings, as the scripture teaches us, we are born into sin. That means from the, from, from the jump, we're lost. The Bible says that before we, as we're away from God, we, were, we are enemies of God because of our sin. Sin must be paid for. And, and we can't forget that without Jesus, there is no forgiveness. Apart from the blood of Jesus, there is no covering of sin. You can't get it right on your own. You can't, you can't use religion to, to, to overcome sin. Guys, nobody can defeat sin except for Jesus. There's not one person. There's not one thing that you can do. There's no God. There's no idol. Your little, the, the God of the, the, the universe God or whatever the heck you call him, he can't save you. The little stones that you carry around your house in your pocket, I got some bad news for you. They can't hear you. They can't hear you. Your little tarot cards, whatever it is that you think you're going to get some insight for, that's, that's demonic and it doesn't help. There's only one God who's living, who's breathing, who can hear, who can speak, who can see. There's only one God who can actually overcome the power of sin. And, and listen, we clap about it, we, we celebrate it, we understand it, but do we preach it? Do we tell anybody? Do we say anything? Yeah, pastor, we know Jesus saves. Now, where are we going to go eat? Oh, yeah, pastor, that's the, that's, the, that's the good news of Jesus Christ. Hey, 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 brother, you're in my seat. Hey, man, you look new around here. That's where I sit. I'm going to put my Bible down there, the one that says to love people. I'm going to drop it right in your seat. You need to move, man. Oh, yeah, the gospel. Yeah, let's preach the gospel. Well, well, listen, why don't you do this first? Why don't you go be a Christian to your wife? Oh, man, you felt that, huh? Woo! Oh, the gospel. Yeah, yeah, we got to preach the gospel. Why don't, why don't you be a little bit more submissive to your husband? I want to know why the women clap for both. <laughs> What happened, man? Come on. That's because you're convicted by the first one, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Let's preach the gospel, but first let me sleep with her. Oh, man. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. I love it. Yeah, that sounds like such a great message, but here's the thing. I still want my life. I still want my sin. I still want to do the things that I want to do. And so I, I, I enjoy hearing the message on Sunday, but the reason I can't live it out, because I know if I live it out, that means I have to die to myself. We believe the message enough to show up on Sunday, but not, not enough to change our life. Sin must be paid for. Now, I'm no perfect person. I got a lot of things messed up. My wife's probably like, yeah, you need to act like a Christian at home too. She's not here, so she would, I'll say it. She'd never say that. We got to open our eyes. This is, a, this is a real thing. Sin is a real issue. We're in a real battle. 
We're in a real battle. You've got to see the problem. We've got to understand this is our mission. We're so distracted by our own sin that we can't fully fulfill what God has called us to do. We're so lost in our own mess. We're like the blind trying to lead the blind. 2 Corinthians 5, 15 through 20 says, And he died for all, that those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him. For who their sake died and was raised from now on, therefore we regard no one according to the flesh. Even though we once regarded Christ according to the flesh, we regard him thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Isn't that great? All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself. And gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That is in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself. This is such good news. Not counting their trespasses against them. And entrusting us the message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ. Be reconciled to God. What is he saying? He's saying one, at one point we were dead in sin. We were, we were lost. We were broken. But we are now new creations in Christ. Right? He says the ministry that Jesus came to do was the, the, the ministry of reconciliation. Meaning he wanted to reconcile mankind to God. Then he says, now, now those who are new in Christ... They no longer live for themselves, but for him. Therefore, we now have the ministry of reconciliation. So we implore you on behalf of God, be made right. We, in this room as believers, are ambassadors of Christ on the earth. We've been saved, we've been changed, we've been reconciled unto God, therefore we are now the ministry of reconciliation. So we are to be the ones that are pleading with the world, be made right with God. Repent of your sins. Turn to Jesus. This is our ministry. Well, that's not me. You know, Pastor Omar's got it covered. Pastor John or Evangelist John, what, he's got it. He's got it taken care of. I, I'm good. Pastor Rob, he's going he's gonna to tell people about Jesus. I, gotta, I just got to show up. We are ambassadors. We, ha- we carry the message. It's our mission. In Romans chapter 10, it says, and, and, and how are they to hear without someone preaching? How, how's anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus supposed to know about him? Without somebody telling them. Telling them that their ways are twisted. Telling them that their ways are perverted. Telling them that their ways are broken. If we don't tell the truth, who will? I'm so, I'm so, I'm so sick of, like, I, I really do feel like, like that scripture. I'm like, I'd rather be away with the Lord. Because the world is crazy. Isn't it wild? You know what's crazy? Let me tell you what's crazy. That we, as not even as Christians, as sane people, have to toe the line between what a man is and what a woman is. Think about that. It's insane. It's insanity. It's crazy. It's frustrating. You know what bothers me even more? 
I know the world is going to give in. We know that. The world's going to give in to that. They're, they're, just be happy. Live your truth. That's a good Bible verse. <laughs> the book of me, myself, and I, chapter, <laughs> chapter one, because there's only one, it's me. <laughs> if, if we don't tell the truth, who's going to? If we don't tell the next generation that you can't be, just become a man, and you can't just become a woman, and that's not godly, who's going to tell them? If, if, we don't, if, we don't, if we don't tell the truth that says, listen, it's not normal to sleep around. That's not normal. That's not right. That's not righteous. That's not godly. That's not holy. It's unrighteous. It's ungodly. It's unholy. We, who, if we don't preach the gospel, who's gonna, if we don't tell the truth, who's going to tell them? We're, we're all upset about the schools teaching these kids stuff. What are you teaching them? What are you teaching your children and your grandchildren and your nieces and your nephews? It's our responsibility to say what truth is without being afraid, without being timid, without being intimidated by what other people are going to say about us. Listen, I've kind of given up a long time ago people liking me. I don't care. i got enough kids. <laughs> they like me just fine and so does my wife. I'm good. Right, Luke's? He said, yes. But we don't preach because we're afraid of what people are going to say. I don't, I don't want to say that. It's going to offend them. It's going to bother them. Are you sure? I, I don't know. Like, I don't want, I don't want to hurt them. I'm going to wait till they ask me. Oh, yes, because they're going to ask, right? Tell me why the lifestyle I love is wrong. <laughs> Nobody's going to ask you that. We can't be so afraid of offense that we, that we forfeit truth. People need to hear the truth, and it's Christians that need to stand up. It's Christians that need to stand up. I've lost so many people in my church because of the way that I preach like this. I'd rather them leave and know the truth than stay and be comforted with lies. Because when it comes to, to engaging the lost, yes, we've got to see the problem. But, but secondly, we've got to seek, the, we've got to seek them. Yeah. We've got to seek the lost. There are so many people who need the gospel. And, and listen, I know we're in church and we're, you know, I'm preaching a message. And it's kind of like, well, that's really offensive to people that I know, that I love. And I, and I get it. And the point is not to be offensive or to be abrasive. The point is to be honest. And when we seek them, we, we have to understand this truth about people that don't know God is he really, really cares about them. God really cares about you if you don't know him. If you're not saved, if, if you're living in sin, you're living in brokenness, God really cares about you. He really, really loves you. He's, it's not just some, some religious thing or, or some religious experience where, where we say, oh, yeah, Jesus loves you. No, no. He really, really does. He loves the sinner. He loves the lost. You know, I, w I went to, um, um, and I can get the worship team up here if that's okay. Um, so maybe it'll slow me down a little bit and I can finish. We went to, um, my wife and I, we're out, we took a little, little mini vacation this week because we went to the pastor's retreat. And so we decided to go to Disneyland with no kids. Now, if you've got kids, you know what I'm, you know how, well, my sons are here. It was, it was really boring. 
It was an awful experience. I just hated it. Never going, never doing it again. Especially not next year. Absolutely not. But I, but we went to Disneyland and, and I have one of those wallets that connects to your, you know, like the Apple wallet that connects to your phone on the back, right? So it's always with me wherever I go, I got the wallet. We drive from uh, Anaheim. The day ends. I think we get in our car like 1130, almost midnight. I was dead. I was so mad. We drive 40 minutes to, I think it's, what city is that, Manhattan? To Manhattan. Like I'm not from here. To Manhattan. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I get to the hotel. And I'm like, okay, I got to check in. I go to grab my wallet. And it's not there. Oh, I was so mad. I'm like, where's my wallet? And of course, it's my wife's fault. So I had to blame her. What did you do with my wallet? Why did you, what happened? And she's like, babe, just track it. Because it has a tracker. And I, and I go to track it. And it's in the Disneyland parking lot. Yeah, you all know how. My, I was so mad. I was like, okay, I, I only carry one card on there. I was like, I can cancel the card. And I was like, I, I could probably use a picture of my ID to get in the hotel. But I'm like, I need to fly home. And I need my ID to fly home. I was like, oh no, what am I going to do? And, and I'm so, I'm just, my, my heart, you know that feeling, your heart is sunk. Like, you're just like, oh. I got out and... I'm going to go look in the back and like the, the back seat. As soon as I get out, my wife's like, babe, she's like, it's right here. And I can't tell you the relief of like, oh my gosh. <sighs> like I was so happy and just like, and I, we just like celebrated mini celebration in the car. Just like, yeah, like, let's go. We're all like dead tired, but all of a sudden we have energy. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And we're just so excited that we found what we were, what was lost and, and I know that's a really cheesy way to kind of segue into this point, but, but the truth is, like, like God, the, the value that God places on people is so much greater than those things that we can even understand. Like, he, he, the, the Bible says that there's literally a celebration in heaven when one sinner repents. There's just one. God really, really cares. He, 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 there's a burden he has for the lost. My question to all of us is, do we have the same burden? Do we care? When's the last time you prayed for somebody who didn't know Jesus? When's the last time you cried out for your unsaved family? When's the last time you even told them about your testimony or the good news of of Jesus and what he's done? In the Romans, Paul's writing and he says in chapter, in chapter 9, verse 1, he says, I'm speaking the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience bears me witness in the Holy Spirit that I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Verse 3 is what really gets you. For I could wish that I myself were accursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my brothers. He's saying, I care about them so much that I'd give them my spot in heaven. I love them so much that I'd give up my spot in heaven. I would trade place with them in a minute. Because he carried such a burden for people that didn't know Jesus. What would you exchange for a soul? What would you exchange for somebody who doesn't know Jesus? The truth is, is that most of us wouldn't even exchange our comfort. We wouldn't exchange our, our, our bubble of, of ease. 
Because the reality, the truth, sometimes we really don't care. We really don't care. Oh, hey man, pastor, great message. Let's go get lunch. Go home, take a nap, go to sleep, call it a day. Oh, what an, what an, oh, wasn't that service so amazing? I hope that's what you say when you leave. Wasn't that so amazing? The semester was incredible. Oh, man, man, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? Oh, it's Monday. Ah, uh, let's just stay home. I can't tell them today. It's, 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 I'll wait. I can't tell them the truth. I'll wait. There's a story. Um, how many of you guys know Penn and Teller? Anybody heard of Penn and Teller? He's an atheist, and, he, and, he, and I, I'm kind of cut the story short. Um, he's an atheist, and he says, uh, he's like, I don't really respect religious people that don't evangelize. He's saying, because if you really believed, like you really believed what you say you believe, how much do you have to hate somebody not to tell them? If you really believe in eternal life, you really believe that, that without Jesus, people are going to die and go to hell, and you really believe that's going to happen, you really believe that for all of eternity, people are going to be separated from Christ, how much do you have to really hate somebody not to tell them that? And it's such a heavy thought. Like, now I'm not saying that every single minute of your life you're evangelizing, you're on the street with, you know, with your sign that says, repent, repent. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is it becomes a practice in your, in your life where you're telling people about Jesus. So number one, oh my gosh, I gotta hurry up. Is this making sense this morning? Okay. Number one, you've gotta see the problem. Number two, you've got to seek the lost. And number three, you've got to speak the truth. The lost, the people of the world, do not need a watered-down gospel. They don't need a comfortable gospel. There is no good news without bad news. We don't need to apologize on behalf of God. Listen, man, I'm sorry that God made it this way. Is what it is. God made it this way for the benefit of his creation. It's like you telling one of my kids, sorry your dad makes you wear a seatbelt. I wish he didn't do that. You've got to speak the truth. Tell him what it is. Put it on your Instagram. Put it on your social media. Don't be afraid. Don't be intimidated. Don't water it down. The, word, the world doesn't need that. We must be ready to share the good news. 1 Peter 3.15 says, But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. How many of you have hope inside of you? Jesus Christ lives in you. You have a Holy Spirit dwelling within you. The Bible says you've got to know. Listen, the Bible says you've got to know why you believe it. You've got to know why you believe it so that when somebody asks, you can say, oh, let me show you what God did in my life. Let me tell you about what God has done. Something that you can do that's super simple. Speak your testimony. I was telling Pastor Isaac and Pastor Rob, like, this message is practical. We're not getting into the, de into the depths of, you know, the Israel, or, you know, Hebrew language and all. It's basic. Tell somebody what God did to you. Easy. Hey, man, you know, I used to be really angry. 
And I encountered God and I started going to this church and, and he's changed my life. I'm not like that anymore. I can't explain it all to you, but maybe you should come. Does the Bible say, come taste and see that the Lord is good? Maybe you should come. Come check it out. The problem is, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into a little bit more of this and then we'll, we'll end it. The, the true problem is that some of us aren't living a testimony. So when you tell somebody about Jesus, they're like, I don't wanna be like you. You're mean. You're mean. You're nasty. You show, you show me all these videos I shouldn't see. I don't wanna be part of that. You gotta be a living testimony. Give people a reason to say, man, what's in your life that makes you so happy? What's in your life that brings you so much joy? We've got to share our testimony. We can't save the lost if we look just like them. Abstain from every appearance of evil is what the scripture says. And lastly, we've got to trust the spirit. Just, lead, just let him lead you. I did this um, in the first service. Is Johnny here again? Can you come up here again? do a little crash course on evangelism. You can take a seat, yeah. I haven't seen you since, since the last time we did this. Good to see you, man. I realized he did this for the first service, and I'm like, I didn't even say hi to him at all. <laughs> like, sorry, we're playing basketball together later. <clears throat> because honestly, the altar, we're going to do an altar call. We're going to pray together. But what really will really tell you if it meant something to you is what you do when you leave. Because you can come and cry at the altar and pray. The devil's not scared of that. He doesn't, he doesn't care. He doesn't care when Christians are all full of themselves. It really bothers him when we start to go evangelize and tell people about Jesus. So let me tell you this, how it's going to go. You're going to leave here today. Maybe you go home and take a nap. Nothing wrong with that. Maybe tomorrow you're at the market. Right? And, and you're walking through the market and then all of a sudden, you're going to see somebody. And something's going to, something's like he's, look how beautiful he looks in the light. Some, something, some, something's going to happen where somebody's just going to be highlighted to you. Somebody. Because you can't preach to everybody in the market. You're going to push your cart, and you're going to look and be like, why is that? Why does he, why does he look like he's like highlighted to me? And the Holy Spirit's going to speak. He's going to say, just tell them I love them. And then you have a choice. You have a choice. Right? It's kind of like working out. Not that I know much about it, but it's like that. You could either work out the faith that's in you or let it remain weak. How do you work it out? By being obedient. So you could do one of two things. One, you could say, ah, oh, he looks weird. I'll just keep going. You don't look weird. I'm just saying. Ah, oh, he looks weird. I'm just going to keep going. Maybe next time. Or... Okay, Holy Spirit, I'm going to do this. This is how I do it. It's very awkward. I say, I say, hey, man, what's your name? Hey, Johnny, nice to meet you. My name is Mike, man. Listen, I don't know if you go to church or if you know anything about God, but I just want to let you know that Jesus loves you. And, and he told me to come tell you that, and, you know, I, I hope that means something to you. Okay? Nice to meet you. And I'm sweaty. Pushing the, cart, pushing the cart away. Oh, I did it, God. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes that leads into, can I pray for you? Sometimes they're like, hey, I'm not interested at all. Dust the, dust the dirt off your feet, keep going. 
But sometimes it ends up, hey, can I pray for you? And here's another way you can do it, very simple here. You guys have a bunch of these, right? Everybody needs to go grab some of these today. I designed these. Anyway, you're pushing your cart. This is another easy way. Maybe you're at, ladies, somebody go to Target. Come on now. All right. You're at Target, walking around. Preach. The one word from her all day today. <laughs> Target, preach. I, th- I feel like I said a lot of other good stuff too, but I guess, I guess Target is the highlight. Preach. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, here you go. Here's another way, okay? We're getting practical. And I'm over my time, but it's all right. Pushing your cart. Maybe you don't want to say all that stuff. Jesus loves you. Can I pray for you? Here's a very easy way. Hey, man, what's your name? Hey, Johnny. Nice to meet you, man. Hey, listen. We have a church down the street. If you're looking for a church, I'd love to invite you. Here's a flyer. Nice to meet you. Done. Done. Listen. The responsibility of salvation does not rest on us. What if he doesn't get saved? What if he doesn't get healed? What if I don't cast a demon out right there? It's okay. Calm down. Your responsibility is to speak it. The Holy Spirit's responsibility is to convince. We're not called to convince. We're just called to tell. He says, I'm going to touch you. And when I touch you, I'm going to give you power. Thank you, Johnny. I'm going to give you power. But don't waste that power because the power that you're getting is to be a witness. You've been coming to reach Paramount for a while. You've been experiencing the power of God. Maybe you've been just keeping it in. It's not meant for that. It's meant that you go be a witness. Amen. Thanks so much for listening to this message from Reach Church Paramount. To stay connected with us, follow us on Instagram or Facebook at Reach Paramount. To give and support this podcast and ministry, visit our website at reachparamount.com slash give.